0: And welcome to the program, everybody. My name's Charles West, and I am your host for Over the Wall Racing to Recovery. Today is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Um, and we're going to do things a little bit differently here. The first couple of podcasts that I've put out there, I've, I've, I've written something down. I've picked a topic, and, and, and I've talked about it. But today, I've actually gotten a volunteer, a friend of mine from, uh, from my recovery program, uh, named Johnny, and uh, we're just going to basically sit and talk about uh, ourselves and our path <laughs> through recovery and, um, you know, basically, basically where we were, what happened, what things were like, what things are like now. Um, Johnny and I have, have gotten to know each other both through recovery and also, also through a, a church. Well, we both attend the same church here locally. So, um, Johnny, welcome to the program. Um, uh,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I hope that this is going to turn into a, 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 a not a one-time deal, because uh, I think it, there's a lot of people out there that need to hear the message of recovery. and Absolutely. And they yeah. need to hear it from young men like yourself and I. Well, I appreciate that. I'm only five years your junior, so... <laughs> Well, it all comes together when you get, get to be a certain age. Five years, five yeah. years is a is a difference. Whenever you're 15, but whenever yeah, you're, you're, right. you're whenever right. you're close to 50, <laughs> it's like you know what? Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad to have you on the program, and I look forward to uh, hearing your perspective. And and I know that you know we've we've set, you know, in plenty of meetings ourselves. Mm. And uh, I was actually thinking about you know this last night after uh, after we had talked. And putting this program together, and I was like, you know, you and I barely know each other. Barely, barely. But honestly, but, but. And, and it's interesting you say the word honestly because where I thought about that, I said, yeah, I, I was like, you know, just in the short time that you and I have known each other, I think we've probably been more honest with each other than most married couples that have been together <laughs> for forty years. The, hmm.
1: I hope not, but <laughs> that's that's being honest, though,
0: right? <laughs> Well, and that, and that, you know, maybe that's a good place to start with the, with what we're talking about is honesty. I mean, you know, that's, for me, that was required for me to work my program.
1: Be true to thyself.
0: And with everybody else. Yeah. You know, we're just looking here at the little 12 step principles card that uh, my sponsor gave me a long time ago, where it's got uh, 12, it's got the. Twelve Step principles and everything, basically written out. Yeah, in a one-word format. Oh, there you go. Rather than having rather than having the entire we, list, we of need steps. it to be simple. And and number one is honesty.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: we do. We have to admit that we're powerless, mm-hmm. and and that our lives have become um, unmanageable. I know mine was mm. <laughs> you know? same. What? Uh, tell me a little bit about your story. Tell uh, tell our listeners. You know what? Uh, what uh, what was life like
1: well uh my name is johnny i am an alcoholic um it you know for being under the the spell uh that alcohol creates i thought everything was fine um but that wasn't true there was a lot of emotional damage that i would ignore and hide from um while under the spell and i never wanted to be honest with myself or with anybody else because then um then i would start to feel things you know and um i didn't want to that's why alcohol works so well for me because uh, my 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 agenda with alcohol was to not feel and uh the more often i couldn't feel i i uh that would be success so my career was extremely successful for not feeling and um at the same time i was unaware of how much damage i was actually doing to myself mentally physically spiritually um and that is the the nature of the disease that it is threefold and the book teaches us that it taught me that and um
0: how long were you out
1: Well, I started, I'm pretty sure I had beers, you know, here and there. Um, I think I remember seeing, I must have been like, I was less than five years old. I want to say maybe three. I saw a picture of me in like a big clay pottery, like from Arizona or something. And um, I was drinking a beer and I, I think I like was hiding. Um, it's so funny. let actually think about that right now. Um, I was hiding in the little clay pot drinking my grandpa's beer.
0: And you were less. You were younger than five. I was younger than five. <laughs> it's from what I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, and what's what's strange is stories like that aren't rare. Right. We hear a lot of it. I mean, right. I, I remember. I remember my dad giving me a beer when I was probably four or five years old. I just. I remember. I remember the way the Budweiser can looked. Right. The the, the red and white. Yeah. And I remember, you know, spitting it out when he gave it to me. Oh, right. right? No.
1: Uh, It looked like I was enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was an Olympian beer. Uh, I knew I I was at my uh, grandpa's because uh, Olympian beer is sold in Washington. Mm. So that's how I knew where I was geographically. Um, So that means I must have been with my dad. Um, cause that was his father. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, you know, innocently, I guess, you know, quotations was drinking a beer for the first time as I can see at that age. But I, I believe my actual career as an alcoholic began, um, when I was 15, you know, the coming of age, uh, the, uh, the, the rights you know, that is imparted onto a young man. Uh, a rite of passage. A yeah, rite of passage. There right. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you
0: learn to shave. You learn to drink. Yeah, you know, yeah. You you kiss you, a girl or two. Yeah, all of that. Or yeah. boys. It didn't yeah.
1: matter. I, uh, my, my situation was girls. There but, we go. But um, it was at Freedom Bridge. It was my first. And that, I don't know why I remember these things, uh, but it was a, a Canadian black label beer. <laughs> I don't know why that matters, but it's just there. Um, and it was nasty, but the taste wasn't what I was achieving. It was um, camaraderie and and being able to fit in and having a brotherhood, you know. Um, which I eventually found in AA, you know. Right. That's really what I wanted in the beginning, you know. But the way I was getting there was damaging but it was at freedom bridge i just thought that was and i just recently remembered that within the past like six months you know just trying to like remember bits and pieces of my story and freedom bridge was next to it was an old unused train bridge and uh they don't use it anymore this is back in this is in omaha nebraska and it was right next to a prison (laughs) But so when the prisoners would attempt escapes they would get as far as Freedom Bridge and that's why it was so there's the the allegory just in in that alone is just escaping prison well escaping yeah and then where it it, it's like coming full circle it was like I was pretty much going to prison in a way you know right because that's what alcohol will do it'll lock you up in, in yourself yeah you know? Um, and I thought I was achieving prison or or achieving freedom. Um, but I was really locking myself up. Just really weird how, um, that was revealed to me. And, um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say that was around when I was 15 is when I began. And, um, and then I became sober when I was 40, just Um, couple weeks after my 40th birthday, I became sober. So about 25 years I was out there, um, using and not just alcohol. I mean, uh, what, whatever I could use to enhance or feel good or feel accepted. Um, those were, that's what I wanted. You know, Um, I heard
0: somebody in a, in a meeting say one time that, um, you know, I couldn't get up and and live a single day of my life without putting something foreign into my body. Mm. They weren't specific about that. You know, it could be tobacco, it could be alcoholic, right? Whatever, but they couldn't function without putting a foreign substance in their body. And, and mm-hmm. for me, that made sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm 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 the consummate tobacco addict. I've been chewing tobacco <laughs> or smoking cigarettes or some form or fashion since I was. You know, teenager as well, right? Um, but you know, alcohol was just another thing for me too. Mm-hmm. But it was a thing that changed who I was. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and like you say, that um, that prison—it's—it's it's almost like you're digging yourself a hole and very slowly covering yourself over. Yep. You know, yep. And, and, and doing it voluntarily. Yeah,
1: and happily. I, I like it. May seem.
0: I like the allegory that you had with the you know. Voluntarily putting yourself into prison. There yeah. are people who will do that because they want the safety of prison. They don't right. Wanna, they don't want to live in the real world. No. And they can get three hots in a cot on the inside. Yep. It's
1: the that's the easy way out. That's the easy way out. It's, yep. it's the
0: it's the ultimate socialist society, in my opinion. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you basically have everybody taking care of you and yep. and 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 giving you giving you room and board every single day. But you know the the membership requirements are pretty stringent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um. thinking about alcoholism, it, it, it fits. I mean, I it, you know it sounds like that's what your experience was. And I mean, I you know you and I both know we've heard. We've heard that story a thousand times, mm-hmm. um, and it's you know if you're listening to this, odds are you probably identify with that as well. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what um, what what do you what do you least want to remember about those 25 years? What was uh, what was life like during those 25 years?
1: Hmm. Well, um, I re- when I was five years old, I remember were what I believe to be the the fight that the nail in the coffin that caused the divorce of my mother and my father um and how
0: old were you when that happened? oh i was 5 5 years old yeah
1: yeah i remember um it's so funny how memories are they all there's th- this one is vivid and this was almost all my life ago this one is vivid colorful um But at the same time, um, like the sun was shining in through the door. So all I saw was their silhouettes. And I remember the tears that were in my eyes, like, um, messing with the focus. Like if it was a camera that was wet, you know, I remember like the little blobs that had the shape of my mother and my father yelling at each other, Hmm. you know, and, um, He was yelling at her, uh, she was yelling at him, and then um, I remember all of a sudden he started punching and kicking the walls, you know, screaming, Um, and he did it in the bathroom door as well, and I remember for a time that-
0: This is 35 years ago, 36 years ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I remember for a time, you know, I think my dad left after that, went to go live with some friends. And um, he was in the Air Force. This all you know, happened on base. And I think he may have been uh, dishonorably discharged after this incident. Not sure. Never really speak to the guy about anything. But I remember, you know, kind of having fun with the hole that was in the bathroom door. You know, like playing with my brother and sister. You know, like playing peekaboo with them. You know, well, you, it, you could see through the the bathroom door. Yeah, you know, he kicked a, a very big, <laughs> uh, like bowling ball sized hole through the bathroom, the bottom of the bathroom door. Right, and um, so so
0: so, so no, nobody nobody could crap in peace anymore.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and I didn't want to say it out loud either, but I remember having to like uh, make sure that I could like no one would see me go to the bathroom, right, 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 so they right, wouldn't right. know I was there. Right, um, they, but they could probably hear every business that I was doing. But anyway. <laughs> um yeah um,
0: it, 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 we're talking about you're five years old at this point in time right? yeah yeah I yeah, mean he's yeah. got to have his privacy
1: absolutely right. you know I'm I'm very well aware of what I'm doing right. now leave me alone that was I, that's <laughs> where I, that's where I spent my time
0: reading highlights for children absolutely
1: <laughs> oh it's <that's> funny <laughs> highlights oh, yeah. yeah yeah color the, this page. a newspaper of the
0: see if you can find the antelope yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's funny those are days those are days yeah they, for you, um, for you, for you, for you, younger people out there, uh, highlights for children was a it was a magazine back in the day. Um, yeah, it, think of it uh, in today's terms like a thin, papery blog.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, it arrived in the mail. Yes. Once every three months.
1: Right. Yeah. They. Uh, I remember them very vividly as well.
0: At every doctor's office on the planet had them. in Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: And I would go to. Um, P Pete. Uh, pediatrics a lot because i was actually born with epilepsy oh my yeah i had my first seizure when i was eight months old oh my yeah um my dad had just left for work they had one car um and this was before cell phones of course right so this is um springtime um
0: 1980
1: wow yeah and uh i had my first seizure in my crib and I guess my mom was checking me out or whatever. My dad had just left for work and saw that I was convulsing in my crib. Um, <clears throat> and my lips were turning blue and, you know, my eyes in the back of my head and this freaked her out. And then before cell phones, of course, you know, my dad's on his way to work while this is happening. So she had to call his job. So the job knew before he did what was going on with me. Right. So he had to, Hustle all the way back home, and then, then uh, of course, I'm hopefully you know she called the ambulance as well. She had to, have, of course, she did. But um, I just I, I I don't know how I would have been able to get home safely if I had. Um, hey Johnny, go back home. Your your son is my my dad's name is Johnny as well. Gotcha. Um Go back home. Your son is going to the hospital right now for an right. epileptic seizure. So, but I, I dealt with that uh, until I was about 14. Um,
0: did something happen? Did it, did it go it away? It just or? went away. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, yeah. It just it just stopped. I had my last seizure uh, during, um, I want to say it was 90. Then uh, no, I was 93. Yeah. So, I would have been 14. Yeah. Um, at San Bernardino, California in a pizza hut.
0: That and specific, huh?
1: Y- yeah, no, like my memory is really weird. I just remember certain stuff,
0: yeah, and that's actually pretty common. That's actually very, very common amongst uh, amongst alcoholics and addicts. Really, we're very bright people. Very huh. bright people. On the whole, on the whole, you'll find you'll find smarter people. Yeah, I mean, and, and um, you know, if you go into an intelligence community, right, right. Like a high IQ society you find huh. a high proportion of those people who are alcoholics. alcoholics and drug addicts. Yeah, right? yeah. A drug addict.
1: even says that in the big book. It's, exactly. It's, uh, he would try to tell his wife, like, look, geniuses do this to um, right. to, to, to feel better and create easier or something like right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and, Forget and, and the exact you know, That's what alcoholics will do. We'll yeah. try, we'll, we'll that's a coupon. Right, yeah. we'll try to
0: intelligently find <laughs> a way to justify – our own drinking yeah yeah i you know i i I remember a a a neighbor when i was growing up that switched to light beer because it was better for his diabetes oh wow and you know i was like 12 13 years old and i hear you know my parents telling that story and i'm like well that makes sense of course Uh you can switch to light beer because you have diabetes less sugar now now you know i look back on it and i'm like well that was bullshit (laughs) yeah you know it was just coupon right yeah And, and i mean you know Becoming an alcoholic myself and going through recovery and, and, and listening to other people's stories, it's amazing what we'll try and convince ourselves to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I have to have this. You know, I just need right. to have a few before I go to bed. Or, yeah. You know, I'm going to have this one when I wake up in the yeah. morning. Or, you know, it's okay. You're always planning
1: ahead when you're going to be able to do it as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's a like lot I'm, of planning. If, if we would have used that same – um you know fire right you know that we have organization yeah that yeah <laughs> uh to do something you know real
0: like productive
1: yeah productive correct yeah instead um, of destructive yeah yeah the, the world would actually be pretty good if alcoholics would just not be alcoholics yeah and, and organized, well, you know with but that that's kind of what
0: we're doing here is we're alcoholics i'm not still an
1: alcoholics. alcoholic that is correct yeah. yes um and, and, and that's you know, a very
0: good conversation because, uh, you know, my, I have relatives that are also in the program, and, and the discussions that we have is, is how impactful mm. alcoholics and addicts in recovery are. Oh, yeah. Because Man, for real. There. Right, we've been there. That's why. That's why we're doing this show. Right, is, is to help other people.
1: Right? Absolutely.
0: We're not just sitting around here to listen to our own voices Right, hear no. ourselves talk because no. we're even we're though it is fun. It is fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and I hope this grows. And I hope we're yeah. sitting on the corner of you know uh, Madison Square Garden, looking out over New York one day doing this. That'd for, be cool. Yeah, yeah. N- NBC, please give us a call. We're, yeah, we're, we're ready and we're available. Yes, we are. And contracts are negotiable. Yes, they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so anyway, the the divorce that you went through with your parents, I mm-hmm. mean, it, right. it it sounds, one, you were very, very young, mm-hmm. yeah, but at the same time, very, very traumatic.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, it, I remember it wrecking me. Um, of course, it was my fault. It was all my fault. Right. You know, that's what any kid does. Um, you internalized it. I did. I you totally was, did. You
0: thought you had split your parents up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I had no you know, reason to believe that, but I believed it. Um, but yeah, so he, he actually moved down here to Texas and we stayed in Nebraska with my mother.
0: Um, and sorry for that little, uh, technical glitch that we had there trying to figure out my own equipment here. Um, coming into the second part of the segment, um, Johnny, when, when we, when we, uh, left before break, you were telling us about, you know, a traumatic experience that you had whenever your parents were going through your, their divorce, you were five years old and, um, you know, just the visual of, of, you know, standing there crying and, you know, looking at the silhouettes of your parents and, 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 and knowing that, you know, you couldn't even see clearly because of the tears welling up in your eyes. It's just a very, very powerful visual, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and at the same time, you know, you're, you know, you're telling us that you're five years old and, mm-hmm. You're 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 already blaming yourself for your parents' mm-hmm. divorce, not even yeah. really knowing the ramifications of that, right. you know. And yeah, you know, you get to I don't know about you, but um, you get to the point in this time of your life, and you realize, man, how really brutal, how difficult life can be. Mm-hmm. And so you have kind of a window into what you know it is like to be an adult. But at you know at the age right. of five, you don't have any frame of reference whatsoever. No. Nobody does. No. Um. So how do you think that how do you think that affected you from, from the age of five on onward? Well,
1: you know, without a doubt, that was probably my first experience, um, dealing with, uh, anger and rage and, um, the damage that it can cause, uh, when you're being controlled by that emotion. Um, I I would say that, you know, (laughs) Throughout my uh, school career, or at least my very early school career, uh, I was a very angry child. Um, in the sixth grade, I uh, I threw a desk and some chairs at my teacher. I can't remember for for what reason, but... Um,
0: like he threw the entire desk, that's pretty...
1: I picked up the desk, yeah, and I threw it at him across <laughs> the room during class. In a couple of chairs I, I don't know why um
0: did you get in trouble for that
1: oh yeah oh yeah i got i got lit up when i got yeah. home <laughs> yeah. did um, they kick
0: you out of school or anything like that no
1: no uh, i was really lucky his name was mr sauterland <laughs> and um he was an excellent guy um and I think he may have known my background a little bit through PTAs and stuff like that. Right. Um, with my mother and, um, he, he was actually very cool about that. Um, during the summer break, um, cause that was in the sixth grade. I was moving on to seventh grade after that. He actually came to my house and took me to have pizza.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, cause I think he actually, you know, cared. About what was going to happen to me, um, being that was my last year in elementary school, so it's a pretty rare thing for a teacher to do. Yeah, even yeah, even absolutely. today. So back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So I probably didn't even realize what he was doing, you know. Um, but
0: but something caused you to react violently.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was more talking about like his his act of of uh, oh his kindness, his kindness. Yeah. So, I didn't really experience that. I, I think maybe I wasn't very um, grateful for that. But I don't think that was his agenda. Was if I accepted it or not? It's the fact that you know that I could think on it, and that that's what he did. I hope I hope he's still alive and
0: well. That was geez.
1: I, you know you,
0: you, the power of the internet. You can look him up. So yeah, yeah. I if, probably should look him up if you're out there listening. Uh, you can look Mr. Us up Mr. Yeah, there. send us an email here. You can find a, a link in the comments. Yeah. Um. So rage. It sounds like. Uh, yeah. it, you know, did you did you develop a pattern? I of did. That?
1: Yeah, I did. Um.
0: There. Oh man. There. There were some scary moments. Um. Now, had you started drinking at this point in time? No, no. Nowhere um, close. This was sixth grade.
1: Right. And then through, I I, I pretty much, I had a couple of friends, you know, so I didn't have much of that peer pressure influence. Um, I would just stick to myself. I would draw or, you know, play with my GI Joes or whatever I was doing, ride my bike.
0: Yeah. I was a big GI Joe guy too. Yeah, I video games, things. video yeah.
1: games. I would I would be at home playing Mega Man or Super Mario Three or whatever it was. Um, I stayed pretty isolated until about high school, right. you know, ninth, tenth grade around there, when um, you know the interest in girls started, you know, appearing and like, oh yeah, I need to spend time with girls now, <laughs> um, and of course, you know, that leads to wanting to impress them. And, um, I don't know how it worked out, but I had a lot of older friends,
0: yeah.
1: um, at that time. And of course that led, led me to access, um, to alcohol and, you know, uh, other, other, other substances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Other stuff that older cooler kids had access Absolutely, to. Absolutely. Yes. Digging in their parents' liquor cabinet. Yep. You know? Yep. And yeah, yep. maybe got a bag of weed somewhere.
1: Absolutely, yeah. it's time to be cool. <laughs> and um, I don't think I ever achieved that,
0: honestly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the night. You know, it's it's amazing. I think about the stuff that, they, and I was the same way, man. I love to show off. Right. Right. I right. wanted you to know that I was one in the room or get or arriving at the party. Right? Absolutely. Like you got yeah. you got to announce your presence. You got to let everybody know that you're yeah. there. And you got to let everybody know that you're the badass too. Right, right. And when I look back on all that, it was exactly the opposite. You uh, look like yeah. a douche, right? Oh, you man, look like this an, guys here, <laughs> yeah. that guy. Yeah, and they I, can't I totally wait was for you to that leave, guy, right, for a long time. Um, and you and, and 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 you you sit and you think, well, why didn't anybody like me? Well, you obviously understand now. It's because I was being a dumbass. Yeah, right? straight
1: up. I I would definitely. Um, humiliate myself just to be liked right i would i would do ridiculous things that i could have ended up dead you know maybe um or maimed somehow right you know just just for someone else's entertainment exactly i remember being drunk one night and um they're like let's let's play darts and then we couldn't find the dartboard I was like, I'll be the dartboard. Right. You know, I'll let people throw darts at me. (laughs) Like, what is that? You know, like,
0: Did any of them stick? Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I got one, you know, right in my nipple. I think (laughs) I still have the scar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is you faced him when you were doing it. I've heard of people taking him in the back before. No, no, I I
1: was, like, desperate to be liked. Like, whatever. And I, I, I was Johnny Knoxville before he was even known. Right. Like, I was that desperate. Right. For attention and and to be loved and liked, Um, and you're
0: and you're exploiting yourself. is what it boils down to.
1: Yeah, yeah, for for the benefit of others. Um, And did it ever work? uh, Maybe I wanted to believe it did, you (laughs) know, because I would still do it,
0: right. did people cheer you on? I know when I was doing stupid stuff, like, you develop a reputation, and, like, people people expect that kind of buffoonery.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, like it, like it, you were saying something earlier about something becoming a routine. Right. You know, it became a routine for me to act like a dumbass, right? Yeah. To really, like you say, humiliate myself. I'd say something yeah. or I'd do something, right. or, man, I'd get hammered and take my clothes off. Right. I mean, I can't tell you— <laughs> And I know this is a family program, but I mean, I can't tell you how many times my pants came off at parties. Man, hey,
1: seriously. Right. Yeah.
0: Who like, does that?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Who Who does that in this day and age or any age, really? But, but, you know, we sit and we watch, you know, confirmation hearings with Supreme Court justices and they call up exactly that kind of behavior and like, yep. well, hey, I've yep. been there before, you know? Right. Um. But that was, that was it for me too, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that probably rings home with a lot of people that are listening to this is, you know, like you say, trying to get attention, trying mm-hmm. to be loved, yep. and we're so that's the end
1: all right there,
0: and we're so desperate that we'll hurt ourselves, mm-hmm. yeah, to make Absolutely. that happen.
1: And but, then um, through through the years, this is when it's going to start to get. I'm not going to say graphic, but um, the I started finding out the reason why I was trying to escape myself. Um, I went through some abuse when I was younger. Um, I'm probably not going to go into all the details because it's yeah. it's pretty.
0: And we don't need to, we don't need to do that. Right. Like I say, that's part. And, and here's the thing: this could be an ongoing program. Right. Maybe we could have a, an episode dedicated to that. I mean, abuse is. It's definitely something that is a common topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I myself was a victim of sexual abuse right um, I was a victim of sexual abuse by somebody who was in the public eye mm. who um, not just managed professional sports teams but became a commentator that mm. I had to watch on television hours wow. that's something I'm not well willing to go into yeah either that will probably be part of this program at some point in time right and I can tell you this you know um, from one, and this is probably something you didn't even know about me until we sat down and sat here and talked about it. But um, that was something I denied to mm-hmm. everybody but myself, right? Until I sobered up. Yep. And once I got sober, and this is about two years ago, mm-hmm. I looked over at my wife and I said, "I have something I need to tell you." Wow. And I told her the story of how I was molested by mm-hmm. who and what that was like. And, right. and part of that was spurred on by this Me Too movement, you know, mm-hmm. that happened up at Michigan State, mm-hmm. you know, with all of these girls coming out saying that they were, you know, mishandled and, 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 and abused by right. this, this doctor and that there was a systemic cover up of it. Mm-hmm. And I knew how they felt. Right. It's, and for me, I knew that I couldn't keep it a secret anymore and in my yeah. program working my program, in recovery allowed me to have the honesty, right, right, to be able to talk about it with other people, and I yeah. and I've told I've told my wife, I've told my sister, mm-hmm. um, I've told um, multiple other people as time has gone on. As I noticed to, too, when you
1: start sharing that scary stuff, the weight of it uh, starts to crack, and it it, it becomes. Like the secret will kill you. Right.
0: The the, the the power of that is gone. Right.
1: Yeah. It. Does, you don't. See. So, yeah. The the secrets that they, they they they'll they'll keep you sick, and their that. That power, of that belief of that person has over you begins to, deflate right. and become, um, easier to handle, and. So the, the opinion that I had of myself of me was the opinion that I had of the same opinion that I had of myself was the same opinion I had of this person.
0: Right. Like, Which I'm assuming is not real high.
1: No, yeah. no. Okay. Um, uh, family program. So POS would be the, right. the proper way to express this. I thought of this of myself for years and years. And I believed that I was not only incapable of love, but undeserving of love. Um, when you're this, in this mindset um, it is it is, it blinds you to what it is that you need as a human being and you think less of yourself as a human being because you, you think of yourself this way and
0: almost, almost in making yourself inhuman.
1: Correct. Yeah. So you treat yourself inhumanly um, with, with the uh, alcoholic experience or Or whatever addict experience, or whatever way um, that you feel like you're going to get that back. You know, it's, it's a void that does not have a bottom. There, it is bottomless. And you keep trying to use everything uh, uh, to cover up, to, 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 to fill in the gaps, or even use to where the gaps become increasingly bigger right.
0: so that the, the connection is never, ever made. Um, it's almost like a, you know, for me, when I look back at the times that I spent really drinking, I mean, mm-hmm. my real hardcore drinking. I mean, you said something earlier. I mean, it's it's an escape. It was an mm-hmm. escape for me. I used it to numb the pain.
1: Absolutely.
0: And in in a realm of looking back at it, that's how I got to feel love. Is that's how I loved myself? Correct. Was, was by drowning myself? Yeah. By putting myself into an, an inebriated state, mm-hmm. I felt loved. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it was that was me. Trying to get as close as I could to the feeling that I wanted,
1: right, right,
0: um, and not understanding why I, I couldn't get it, right. You know, yeah. um, getting getting the people that you love to love you is, and them not doing it is is a terribly lonely and um, depressing place. Yes,
1: yeah, it's, it's pitiful. It, it and um. You can't get that time back. No. You can't get it back. Um, and that is, and then once you realize that, you're like, okay, well, why work on it? Just keep going. And right. Is, you know, it's, there's no point. Right. So.
0: I <laughs> so that this ship's already halfway down yeah. in the water. Right. I think I'll just sit here and drink and watch it sink.
1: Yep. Yep. And numbness is all I wanted. Yeah. I, I didn't. And w- when I would go to parties, you know. And, and, and see everybody, you know, like I'll, I'll be there by myself in the corner drinking a beer, four, five, six, one in. And I noticed some people maybe on their second one, mm-hmm. but, and they're having a good time. Right. They're talking, they're socializing. I was never, I never went to parties to socialize. Right. I went there
0: to black out. Right. Or get asked, right? That was maybe, a, may, right? maybe. maybe, maybe. But there
1: was a level of responsibility that I had to have if I wanted to be presentable enough to to talk to somebody. I right. didn't really care. Right. I wasn't there for the social for the yeah. for the social aspect of a party. Right. I wanted to get blackout drunk. Yeah. And I think maybe being around people was like, okay, I feel safe enough around these guys that I can I can go ahead and disappear now. Right. So,
0: well, and you know, they're they're there to have a good time and to socialize, right? right. Socializing it could be viewed as an act of love. Yeah. Right. right they're out yeah. there they're out there loving on each other. Yep. Yep. Having a good time with each other. Right. The way we do that is through the bottle. Yep. So hey, you know what? You're having a good time with your friends. Might I'm have gonna have one t- with mine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Me and my friend. Matter of fact, we're gonna go we're gonna spend the night together is what yep, we're gonna do. Yep. And that's the way it was most of the time. Yeah. Um man, yeah, it's it's it 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 it's a weird feeling mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, I know the book refers to it as king alcohol absolutely and um i heard in a meeting one time that you know that's our best friend
1: straight up and yeah and,
0: and he knows that we're his best friend and yep. when we start finding new friends he gets pissed
1: yeah yeah and he'll get in the way
0: exactly <laughs> he'll get in the way and he'll screw things up and um, he'll just make life a lot more difficult for yeah us. um but, yeah, I mean, I had, the, I had the exact same experience. It's like I went to parties, man, in college. And it's like I wasn't there to have fun with my friends. Mm-hmm. I was there to show off, make you see me, mm-hmm. m- do something ridiculous usually. Right. And then I would either pass out there mm-hmm. or I would have somebody take me home. And, I, I mean, I look back at those times now, Johnny, and those are you know my, my real partying days during high school and, and college. Now, that's 25 years ago. I really wish I could go back, like you say, do those things over and actually socialize with my friends. Man, right? Yeah. Instead of spending all that time freaking sitting in the corner, (laughs) drinking beers, you know, and watching everybody else have fun. Yeah, Why didn't I participate in that? Why was I so lost in a chemical that I cared more about that than I did about my friends? Yeah. You know, and here you are, you get 25 years down the road and you don't have a lot of friends left. No. They've all gone off and done their thing. Right. Um, You know, not that they're all still together or whatever, but you know what? I realize how I screwed that up. Yeah. From my perspective. my part. Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I did. I like, I don't. I don't know what kind of friendships I could have had because I right. know for a fact that I didn't put effort into it. Mm-hmm. I was there for a different reason. Yeah, you know, and and again, like you say, wasted time. How much wasted time did yeah. I spend drinking, man? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what? What? Uh, what else from there? I mean, you know, you you. Um you start having those anger issues with yeah. with mom and dad, and, mm-hmm. and they're split up, right? Yeah. You know, so your life so, changes. Yeah. How close? How soon after that did you start thinking about drinking, or or, or start heading toward that path?
1: Well, um, when when I was about thirteen or fourteen, I got caught stealing, and um, I became ward of the state um, because okay, so. I was epileptic, right? And I was on um, medication. And then we would have to go to the the, um, the the childhood doctor. I forget what they're called.
0: Pediatrician.
1: Pediatrician, yes. Yeah. Thank you. And um, they would test our blood to see how uh, much uh, of the medication is in our blood to make sure that she is doing her part. Right. Um, so one morning, uh, Jennifer and myself, either one of us took too much or – one of us took too much and another one of us took not enough. So that became, um, a child neglect case on my mom's part. She had no control over that. She thought we were just taking our medication. It was normal for us. She, my sister also was an epileptic. Um, so we were struggling with that together throughout our childhood. Um, but anyway, so the cops get called, we go to CPS, we get separated. Um, and that messed me up really bad I became even more angry um, and then that is when I started becoming introduced into the bad people part like I was already hanging out with some you know questionable types but then when I got into the foster homes and whatnot the these kids also were probably experiencing the same thing I did so their rage was more enhanced too because now we're all confused why am I here why am I not back at home playing mega man or whatever uh hanging out with my friends like what am i gonna hang out with this kid i don't like the way he looks or smells or whatever like you make up all these things you just get more angry more angry more angry and then finally all of a sudden I i run away i run away from foster homes i would get picked on beat up oh man i was classic anything that a jock type could do to a nerd type I got swirlies, man. I got the atomic uh, wedgies, like right. all of that. Like the, I was that kid. Right. Um, and then also, um, I would get beat up at the foster homes and whatnot by the other kids. I, I would. Um, have you seen the movie Full Metal Jacket? Oh yeah. The, you know the, a heavy, soap, the a heavy
0: favorite of mine. Yeah, absolutely. I can almost quote the whole thing. You
1: know when they? Uh, yeah, exactly. They they <laughs> would. Um, um, hold the guy down with the blanket and right, beat him right, up right. with soap that happened to me right yeah so the next that night I was like no I'm, I'm leaving so I uh I left I, I ran away at like 5 30 in the morning before anybody woke up to get ready for school I, I just went out the kitchen window left went downtown to downtown Omaha and on the way there
0: look out downtown Omaha by the way
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It's a, I've heard it's a wild place.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. The old market. <laughs> the old market. That's where you want to go. And then that's what who I started hanging out with was the market rats, the, the homeless kids. Right. Um, and they had all this access in to, to drugs and alcohol and, of course, girls, you know. Um, and then all of that. I would have to add value to myself to why they would want to hang out with me. So that's where the the personality began. Like I'm the, the the self humiliator to, to get you to like me. Right. You know I had to I had to.
0: You turn into a clown. Yeah. Like a dancing monkey.
1: Uh, straight up. Right. I had to add value to why you want to give me your drugs or alcohol. Right. You know what I mean? Like okay, now it's worth it. Right.
0: And that for for them because I'm entertaining them, and. Um, humor is a great way to bridge the gap. Absolutely. There there was a point in my life, Johnny, where, I mean, I, I was, I was shy. I was reserved. I mean, I got my ass kicked a lot. Right. A a lot. Yeah. And then just one day I decided I'm not going to take this shit no more. And I decided to become a badass. Right. I mean, I can almost tell you the exact time that it happened for me, but, um, you know, it was, it was, I was tired of getting picked on.
1: It, it it never it that never reached to me cuz i think i knew if i had ever snapped
0: yeah
1: um i never I, i've never beaten anyone up before but i felt like if i'd ever opened up that i i i wouldn't be here right now yeah i think i would be in prison for murder yeah like i think if i ever allowed myself to just let go just do it
0: so you never beat anybody's ass before no to this day
1: no no it, I've, I've it pre- helps I can I've tell you that I've <laughs> protected myself I've protected myself before you know but not like outright black outrage yeah. type of thing like I never did that I've I have felt that feeling like if I did that you wouldn't exist yeah. I, I know that I would kill you if I ever if I ever let it happen um, man, I never did yeah. because I, I think I knew that I wouldn't stop. You know, I would be, I would be punching the concrete because
0: their face is now a puddle. Right. You know what I mean. Um, so, do you think this is an interesting question here? This goes into the spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Um, do you think that it was you that made the decision on that, or do you think you had? A higher power looking out for I, you at the time.
1: That I'm glad you brought it there. I absolutely, without a doubt, believe God was holding me back. Right. Yeah. I because, mean, you look
0: back, you can probably feel it now, oh, too. Oh,
1: man. When I look back at my past, I seriously see God in so many stories, the moments, you know? I, I could pull the frame back and pa- pan out
0: and see the the storyboard of my life, you know? Just like a movie on a film. Right, I, the phrase I use for that is that you never see God's fi- fibers until they're woven into fabric. Mm. You know, and you see all of that come together and everything yeah. meshed together. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point in time, you can see, we'll say, okay, well, I see where that incident had to happen in my life right. to make this. To, to make this. Yeah. And how this one gets interwoven with that, but this thing over here didn't make sense any more than this one did, right. but only once they're woven together. Yeah. can you see those? Yeah,
1: and uh, quite honestly, this is my higher power. You know, working through this moment, all the things in my past led to this moment. Sitting
0: in this chair, talking yeah. about the bullshit we've been through. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> to 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 bring my experience, strength, and hope to the to whoever uh, to other alcoholics and addicts to like to whoever us. listens to it, even right. if it's never. Listen to it's helping me right now to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and I also yes, thank you, Charles, for this opportunity um, to to just talk. Period.
0: Right. Yeah. To be able to to be able to express what it's like. Yeah. In recovery.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, and that's part of the reason I'm doing this is because somebody is listening to you and me talk right now. Right. That's deciding whether they're going to drink tonight. Correct. Yeah, right. There was a moment you and I were sitting in that same seat. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna get hammered tonight. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I don't have any other plans. Right. That's all I got. Is I know I'm. I know what I'm drinking tonight. I'll deal with the rest when I wake up tomorrow. Yeah, and that was routine. Yeah, over absolutely, and over and over again. I and I just became, when I want to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll. Somebody said one time, "It's that uh, we're the ultimate procrastinators. I'll stop drinking tomorrow." Yeah, right. But it, at the same time, you can look at it that in recovery and say, "You know, I'm still a procrastinator. I'll drink tomorrow." Yeah, and I if saw. I, if I say I'm going to drink tomorrow, I'll never reach that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember seeing a um, a funny Garfield poster in school.
0: It said, "I'll procrastinate tomorrow." There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Garfield, Garfield, Garfield should have taught us a little bit more about alcoholism too. I mean, the thing was he was addicted to lasagna, right? Yeah. Remember he'd get into that and he'd just go berserk and then he'd end up, you know, sleeping his ass off across the thing. Pretty much like an alcoholic, you know, in a way. (laughs)
1: Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, so I would, I would impress those people, um, with, with, uh, my own self-humiliation. And then when I was homeless down there, um. I would get desperate because, okay, so I'm in Nebraska, right? And it's like wintertime. Does it For, get cold in Nebraska? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm about 14, 15 years old, and it's wintertime, Nebraska, uh,
0: December-ish. Snow is everywhere. By the way, just so you know, and I'm not, you know, I don't interrupt very often, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of the few people, I've never been to Nebraska, mm-hmm. but I know what a runza is. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, Runza? I yeah, I, I forgot about Runza. Whoa. <laughs> you took me back. <laughs> by, by the way, Runza, please send us some money and we'll talk about y'all all the time. Oh, yeah, man. I like I like to say it's like a cross between a hot pocket and a White Castle burger. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a
1: like a Stroganoff ish uh meat pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Without the noodles. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's it's it was all right. It was yeah. all right. I remember Runza. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah,
0: anybody outside of Nebraska has no idea what a Runza is.
1: You know what's funny? I just saw Dorothy Lynch salad dressing. Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. But oh, my gosh. Yeah. They actually have it uh, uh, at one of the stores down here. Really? Man. Like local fare, and that's a Nebraska thing. That is, that is pure Nebraska. Right. Corn husker Dor- solid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy Lynch salad dressing. It's It's, I can't even describe what's it. What's so special about it? Just it's, good. It's yeah. It's kind of a sweet. It's got like the the consistency of um, like an Italian, but just a little bit thicker than that, and it's kind of sweet.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But Dorothy Lynch. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna definitely have to try it out. So. Yeah. No. There's I, a. We got our first sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, from we're Nebraska. <laughs> we're going. We're going like gangbusters in a state of Nebraska. <laughs> the Cornhusker State is behind us. Yeah. No, I, I know that because I had a friend who was from Nebraska. He grew up in in um, um, Hebron. Oh, Nebraska, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally out in the sticks. Yeah, and, and so I learned all about red hot dogs, and I learned about runses, and oh and I man, mean, yeah, they would bring the stuff down here to Texas wow. and keep it in their freezer. So I mean, I actually actually was able to have runses and, and, and red dogs, <laughs> red hot dogs, and yeah, in Texas. reds. Wow, exactly right. That's and funny. I mean, Cooking with the crisp on the outside. Yeah, so I love I love learning about. Other places where people grew up. I mean, yeah. I had my experience in West Texas, but mm-hmm. you had yours growing up in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and to me, doing that, having that investigative or that that—that's um, yeah, not really even the right word. Just that curiosity about what other people's experience was. Right. Like, it allows me to be able to to immediately bond with somebody, to identify with. Yeah. Them. I mean, yeah. like you say you even forgotten about what a runs it was. Man, I haven't
1: thought about runs in over twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the name is nostalgic, and it just brings back, you know, emotions of the past, and it was good to, like, I I didn't, I barely ate there, but I would pass by it almost every day on the way to school, right. so it's still in my, in the realm of my emotional experience in connection to Nebraska, so. right. That's really
0: cool. You know, and what, what the, the funny thing is, though, is if you're going down a highway right now and you saw runs off to the side, you're going to squeal the tires probably into that place yeah. just to have one of those nasty little meat pockets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they,
1: they, they gave you the as <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, I tell you what, um, we're kind of at a point here. We can either continue the show, mm-hmm. um, or we can take a pause, and then uh, and then what we can do is we can pick it up and we can start all over again. That's the great pa- part of having a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I hope I hope that people out there are really enjoying what we're doing here. This is that like I say that you may think that we're professionals, but I'm here to tell you we are absolutely not. Yeah. Um we don't just, want to be one either. No, we I don't know about 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 uh, both of us together, but I know that 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 I'm an idiot that <laughs> just happens to have a lot of good experience and and, um, I've been an alcoholic for a good Mm -hmm. portion of my life and I'm now close to three years sober and some people might want to hear about what that's like yeah, and how that can change your life and how it can change lives around you and how I didn't do any of it on my own right? how it was all something that I gave over to my God my higher power you know and and I know we're, we're on the internet or we're on a podcast or whatever, but you know, you people out there can't see this, but we've got a collection of recovery related materials sitting here on the table for us to be able to refer to. And these are things that, you know, we're all familiar with because we spend time in meetings and we spend time mm-hmm. with recovery groups. Um, but they're tools that we, we go to. And, and oddly enough, we really haven't had to refer to them while we're sitting here talking because we spend so much time in our materials. Yes,
1: um, but there will there will come a time when we should, um, or not should, but w- will. will. Oh yeah, yeah we we'll will absolutely
0: pick this stuff up yeah. and, and read from. It. I know, I know. You, whenever you and I first started talking about the prospect of putting this little thing together, mm-hmm. um, you know, you mentioned, hey, it'd be cool to just sit and read from the yeah from the big up. book, just straight out read yeah. from it, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of merit to that. I mean. That's what we do when we go into meetings mm-hmm. is we have, I mean, there's something read from the book at the beginning of every meeting, yep. whatever that is changes. Yep. And then how we have, it works. Right. Traditions more about alcoholism. Yep. And, 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 you know, I don't have the experience of like a, a, a different group, like an NA or a right. CA or something like that, but I understand they do the same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important to read the literature Mm-hmm. It's very important to talk with another alcoholic. Yeah. It's very important to immerse yourself in what it's like to have a success story. Right. Right. At Whatever program time. you're
1: going to, I, I just, I look at it as like food. Mm-hmm. It's different levels of food or different types of food. Like, let's say, AA's Italian, CA's Mexicans. Like, what do I feel <laughs> like? But the end goal is that I want a full belly. Right. You know what I mean? I just don't want to be hungry anymore. That's it. Right. So whatever works for you, whatever, it's probably a horrible way to look at it. Maybe, I don't know, but we're empty. We don't really have all the answers. And I just want to go somewhere that's going to, um, that can collaborate with me and tell me that it's okay and
0: that someone understands, yeah. you know. It's, well, I get your analogy exactly. I mean, you, you don't know what you want to eat, but you know where to go find something to eat. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and even then, if you make the choice between Italian food or Mexican food. Right. Or even, even you know, whatever it is out there. Tal- right. Right. There's Chinese. There's, there's yeah. Few, I lived in Houston for a while. You, there's like there's like, there's so many fusion restaurants down oh, there. It's like you can have pizza that's merged with like with like Haitian food. You're oh, like, man. how do you put that on a pizza? But it works. Hmm. So you know where to go. Right. You may not know what you want even off the menu there. Right. But you know that you you're gonna leave there at least satisfied. Yeah. And for me, it's rare that I go to a restaurant and I walk out the door because something's happened to where they're either, they don't have what I want to eat. Right. Or rude you can always go it. to another restaurant. Right. There's always, <laughs> there's usually one right next door. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, which fully negates the discussion that you have. Hey, where do you want to go eat? We all decide on where to go <laughs> eat. And then it totally goes sideways. Right? right, But no, your, your analogy works exactly. I mean, I, if, if I'm in Seattle, I went to Seattle on business one time, but I knew I wanted to go to a meeting while I was there. So mm-hmm. I pulled up my app on my phone, Yeah, looked at several different ones. Meeting guide. I ended up going to this incredible place called Posse on Broadway, mm-hmm. which is obviously in reference to Sir Mix-a-Lot and his whole influence oh, up yeah, in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> but it was in a little church right off of Broadway, like mm. literally around the corner from the Hendrix statue and across from Dick's drive-in burger joint up there. But I got to go to a meeting Of alcoholics like me in Seattle, Washington, which is 1,900 miles away from where you and I are sitting right now. But I felt at home. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the kind of food that I needed was in that room. Right. Yeah. And it may not be for my stomach, but it's definitely for my soul. and It's definitely for my head. Yeah. Yep. Because that's what I need to that's what I need to placate is my head. Yep. It my, starts.
1: Right. It starts
0: in the mind. Right. Yeah. And my mind my mind is what put me into alcoholism. Yep. And my mind is what tries to keep me away from recovery. Yeah. Because if I'm not focusing on recovery, then my mind is spinning circles. Yeah. You ever have those hamsters, Johnny? <laughs> how many yeah. how many hamsters, how many wheels do you ever get running around in your mind? Oh man sometimes five,
1: six at a time, maybe more. Right. But yeah, it it starts in the mind. The body can't go where the, where the mind doesn't tell it to And then your soul is also on the line. Your your spirit is on the line, wherever your body goes. Right. So whatever you're, whatever you're surrounding yourself in, all three of those things are either going to be damaged or healed. Right. Or, or, you know, it's going to be bad or good. And you're, your body can't go where the
0: mind doesn't tell it to, you, but your soul is always on the line wherever you're at. Right, man. That's a really great point. That's a really, really great point. I tell you what, I think I'd like to end it there. All right. But I definitely, I think we need to get together and uh, do another program. Absolutely. Um, we definitely want to hear what other people think about this. But I tell you what, man, I think we're going to get some really good feedback. I. I, I think we whatever God some wants to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's that's my end game
0: right yeah I can tell you right now we're, we're not here to become famous because no. if, you could, if you could see us sitting here right now you'd realize <laughs> these guys are just a bunch of losers in a closet talking into some some really really poorly designed audio equipment no I it, this is serious business absolutely and uh, I mean I can't thank you enough that's for, what gives it president for coming over here and and, and doing this I it does it seems like we could. We could help some people. And, yeah. Uh, I, and If that's the case, I want to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, and I can finish my story at another time. Yeah. Because um, I, I didn't really get into the meat of it, but I understand, you know, that life needs to, to – I, I could be here all day, but I know I don't, I don't want to get in your way or anything. No, but. no, no. It, it,
0: it, Johnny, that's not what this is about. I mean, yeah. we, could, we could sit here and we could pause this right now and we could go ahead and record the rest of it before, you know, you leave and go on with the rest of your day. That's not what it is. We can't attack every single thing in one day. That's the beauty of this is that we can let this flow naturally. Right. And as it flows naturally, we'll figure out where we can pick up. Right. I never went into a meeting. Right. With an agenda saying, here's what I'm going to discuss. Here's where I want to go. It always kind (laughs) of flows through. Yeah. And you know, I, this right here, right, is already powerful enough. I think so. I can't imagine what it would be like if we added another two people. Oh, in you're nuts, man! And we sat here and talked back and forth and say, you know, what was it like for you? Well, what was it yeah. like for you? Here's what our experience is. And, yeah. we're, and we're sitting here, bridging that gap for millions of alcoholics. Absolutely. Out of this upstairs living area, right, right, that needs vacuuming in the worst way. <laughs> But no, I, I again, I, I I'd like to see you know where this goes, and 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 I really do. This has helped me with my sobriety just absolutely. sitting here talking to you. Yeah,
1: thank you. It's helped me too, hundred
0: percent. If that's
1: happening, I don't I don't like missing noon meetings, and I, I totally forgot about it. But this is pretty much a meeting, better than a meeting. But yeah, absolutely, because we got it's going to reach more people.
0: Right. Well, hopefully, maybe yeah. two. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the same time, this is something that can be referred to. Yeah. You know, uh, part of the part of this whole program is being able to relate things into my experience in auto racing. Mm-hmm. And I know we sitting out back off the off the air off the record, um, Johnny and I were having a discussion about um, you know about my background in auto racing. But you know, one of the most beautiful things that you can see on a race car, okay, is when it comes off the track, mm. because it only exists like that for about fifteen minutes until they clean it up. Mm. That race car comes off that race track, and it's got just smudges from rubber and oil, and just Bugs. everything. Well, yeah, bug the bug. You'd be surprised what a bug looks like at two hundred forty <laughs> miles an hour versus you know, you know versus rise. versus highway <laughs> speeds at seventy, right? Yeah. yeah so, um, but the car's covered with that, and I've got some really great photographs of some race cars. Um, for those out there familiar with the, the story, Dan Weldon was a friend of mine. Dan won the Indy 500 2005 and again in 2011. And um, after the race in 2011, when he won, I got some really great photos of his car that won that race um, with all those marks on it. But I, I was taking those photos as that car was headed through technical inspection. And then after that, it goes back and they got to have it ready for pictures and everything the mm-hmm. next day. So they completely go through and, and clean that car. So as that car comes off of the racetrack, it only exists like that for a small period of time. Mm. Um, one of the cars that's in the race museum at Indianapolis is A.J. Foyt's from 1963. And the reason it's so beautiful is they haven't touched it since it came off the track in 1963. Oh, man. That's that predates cool. us. Yeah. There's still oil and tar and smudges. That, that, that um, condition of an old car is called patina. Right, right. You, you right. can't you can't yeah. make a car with patina. It can only get that after years of rock pings and yeah. rock chips and you know faded paint and stuff yeah. like that. That wear or an old guitar that's called patina, battle wounds. But those those race cars only exist in that fresh off the track sensation for just a few moments until they're cleaned, mm. and then it becomes an entire new beast. Mm-hmm. That's the way an AA meeting is for me. It yeah. exists for that moment in time and for those people in that room. Mm-hmm. And once you're out of that room, right, we talk about the meeting after the meeting all the time. Right. We've spent yeah you know hours doing yeah. that ourselves. But that meeting only exists at that moment in time. Right. What we're doing here is giving people ability to revisit that moment. Yeah. They can hear that magic. They can hear the, you know, the camaraderie between two people. Who never even thought about meeting each other before, except no. for the fact that you drank a lot, I yeah. drank a lot, and we both had a problem with that, and we right. both we both sought help in the yeah. same place, and 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 the same higher power, I believe. Yeah, the same higher power brought us together in a way that we had no planning in.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it, it's totally the the J- just like uh, French benefit of going to a meeting is. The it is absolutely what is, what is the word? I can't find value. What it what not finding value, you can't find it's it's in well,
0: it's 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 emptiness, right? It's, oh, no,
1: it's, no, 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 not that. It's it's something that can't be valued because it's so invaluable. It's oh, invaluable. priceless, 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 There's the word, priceless, yeah, peerless, yeah, the, the, the priceless, uh, networking, uh, um, just meeting other people, right? When you finally wake up from it and realize you're not alone. And that other people understand you, and, and you're not going to be judged for anything you say at all, right. because you're not alone. You're probably not the first or last person that's going to ever feel those feelings or those situations have happened to. And and once you realize and, and you come out of your shell, and you start talking to people, and you start feeling the love for your brothers and sisters. Um, the 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 things that are possible, uh, it is innumerable. Like you can't, it is a whole new world once you like wake up from this yeah. and. I, I really hope whoever hears this can have that wake-up moment.
0: Right. You know, I, I tell people, um, I say, at some point in time, it was like I got new eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I got new ears. Yeah. Like, I even got a new nose. <laughs> Food started tasting better to oh, me. Man. I got new taste buds. Yeah. I remember I remember when I first started sobering up, and, like, I would go to, like, Whataburger, and it, for those people not in Texas, Whataburger's pretty awesome. Whataburger, oh, please yeah. send us some money. <laughs> yeah, it, all of them In-N-Out Burger is real good too we, yeah. we, they, they, that tasted way better too
1: uh, I had In-N-Out before it got here yeah oh yeah Yeah. yeah. That yeah. Was,
0: that was, wait see that's a very that's a very sore subject with me too <laughs> because yeah. one of the things I loved about going to the west coast was being able to get In-N-Out Burger yeah. when I was there I didn't yeah. need it to bring it here Right.
1: to, right. No,
0: to north freaking Texas where <laughs> everything on earth with the exception of a White Castle if you're with White Castle we'd love to talk to you please bring that stuff to Texas we don't have that, and the closest one is St. Louis, and that's too far away. <laughs> so, do you like wow. do, you, do you like the White Castles? Um, come on, I, you're I've an alcoholic. It times. Yeah, it should be like the official food of alcoholism.
1: Well, um, yeah, it, 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 I definitely see the appeal to it, but I have maybe <laughs> only had I, I only had White Castle maybe four times in my entire life. Oh my! Well, you also had Runzas, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, which
0: is kind of the same thing. It's like a super sized White Castle
1: yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what um Johnny let's let's do another show let's pick okay. another, pick another day, let's do another show yeah. and um like I say there's I know there's some other topics that um that we both need to get into and, absolutely you know A your your stories your story's way longer than just one show, so is mine. yeah, I plan yeah. on doing this as long as people want to hear it uh, yeah, but at the same time I you know we're both sitting here, Johnny mm-hmm I haven't had a drink in over a thousand days right a thousand days yeah you're working on that yourself i
1: am uh yeah year. how long have you got
0: you're over a year now over a year huh? yep. yeah what's your what's your sobriety 25
1: day? days eight nineteen nineteen eight nineteen
0: nineteen mm-hmm. so yeah you're you're yeah you're you're well on your way mm-hmm. man getting that one-year chip dude that's awesome i mean man, you, you get that, that was you're amazing like, right because yeah. they are like you're okay i just got to click off one date a year every single year yep Man, yeah. that that's incredible. I mean, I'm I'm.
1: It was definitely a milestone.
0: It was right. like wow. Like you know,
1: two three years ago, going a weekend, right? I'd punch you in the face, right?
0: You right. know. Are you serious? I, I start drinking. A weekend? No. As soon as I got up on Saturdays, I used to love college football, and the thing is, I used to I used to wake up and start drinking because I'm like, you can't drink all day if you don't start early, right? <laughs> right. And I went. I. It took me a while. It took me going through sobriety to realize that i was putting on like three drunks in a day wow i didn't realize that was what was happening or that that was even possible until right. i got into sobriety and realized oh my gosh i would i'd hear people talk about being drunk three times in a day and i'm like well that's exactly what i do because i get up i get hammered and then i'd start working and i'd phase that off right start mm-hmm. working in the yard so then when i start getting tired, I'd start drinking again. Well, yeah. by dinnertime, I was already tired, so I'd sit down for a nap or something, and then I would wake up and black myself out. Yeah. That was yeah. a Saturday for me. Start over. Yeah. Start over three times and put on three different trunks. So, man, it is. It's a sickness. But we're sitting here right now mm-hmm. collectively with over five years of sobriety, almost five years total Yeah, yeah, between us. And for us— that's a miracle.
1: Straight up, every every day is a miracle. Every single day. We're, as an alcoholic, you're. It is more normal for you, to be at a bar. To be in the, alcohol aisle at whatever store, that is that is what is normal. Right. And then coming here and getting that power. To not have that be normal is a miracle. Right. Yeah. It's. I'm not doing this by myself. None of us are. Yeah.
0: None, none of us are. Of, none if of it, us are. If we were doing this by ourselves, <laughs> it would be a massive failure. Oh, man. For real. <laughs> if, it, if it was not for the divine power mm-hmm. that we place our trust in, that I know I place my trust in, mm-hmm. I would fail. Absolutely. Every day. Yeah. Miserably. Mm-hmm. It is only by that higher power that I stay sober. Yeah. And my trust that that will happen and that will continue. Yep. Yep been good talking to you johnny thank you charles we're gonna have you back on the show very soon and uh maybe we can make it a make it a long-term thing yeah i don't know i i love helping alcoholics and and um i really hope that uh this uh hits home with somebody um let us know the more you, the more you give us feedback. The more you let us know, I guarantee you, you're gonna get us both enthused to do this because Absolutely. we're really enjoying this right now. Yeah. And ain't nobody clapped their hands for us yet. Mm-mm. If y'all start clapping for us, we're gonna want to do more. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, we're gonna go ahead and sign off, and we're gonna take a break, and uh, um, we will uh, be ready to talk to you next time. Thanks for being on Over the Wall with Charles West and and. Uh, This is 3103 media production, and and we're learning at this, but uh, we'll be ready for the next one. Mm -hmm. So keep coming back, and uh, we'll be here. God God bless bless you all. all. Amen.